0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Good Grief Girl Show. I am Dr.
0: Shanae Gilbert. And I am Kiara Sinead, and we're your hosts for Girl Talk That Heals. I'm so excited about today's show. Of course, we like to pump ourselves up about our topics, but this one oh, is actually a little near and dear to my heart. Um, I have experienced mm-hmm. a portion of it, and of course, I have several friends who are currently experiencing it. And I think it's a subject that is not um, discussed openly, honestly, mm-hmm. or often. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that we are here today to discuss being single, childless, and over 40. Mm. How about that? Yes. So I've
1: actually single, experienced childless single, and 40.
0: childless, and over 40, all three. At the same damn time. How about that?
1: Well, you know, I can That's, relate.
0: Yes. <laughs> and it, <laughs>
2: right. So Except it's like every part, part
0: of it has its challenges. And I can't imagine experiencing all three at the same time because I've experienced childlessness. And it, mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was 39. I think I was 39, right? Mm-hmm. I was 38, 39 when I got pregnant with Keegan, my son. So from the um, time from my original loss, because I lost my first son Mm -hmm. at 30, so somewhere or 32. So between Mm -hmm. that time, I experienced not just childlessness, but that urge to want to have, have a child. Because of course, some people are childless by choice. They have no desire to have children. Their experiences are completely different from those of us who have experienced childlessness. And we have that desire to be a mother or father. And there's this, there's external pressures. So we have our family, we have society, Mm -hmm. we have all these people that set these, not just expectations of motherhood, but when you should become a mother. So it's like 40 right. is unheard of. When we were growing up, it was like 35, maybe. If you waited that or, late, or, you still had time.
1: Right. Well, I think uh, growing up, people, well, from what I remember, were having kids much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know a few people in their 30s growing up that had kids, but mostly everyone had kids in their 20s, late 20s. Right. Or mid-20s, yes. you know. And so I think we did a show earlier this year mm-hmm. on um, family members and friends, and even with our own friend, um, we we kind of talk, speak up for them, or or tell them what should be, or put time constraints, or you know, put these different right. um, th- you know, things upon a person, and not knowing how this is. Is messing with them emotionally or mentally mm-hmm. like that, that mm-hmm. goes out the window. And so and not until we experience with our own friends until I started really um, paying attention to what I say. Right. I, and and it's and, those and, small and,
0: things that we do right. that we, you know, we make those statements like they're OK. Because actually one of the things that triggered this show for me is that one of my um, friends share that throughout the um, pandemic, when she hops on her Mm -hmm. Zoom calls with work, her co-workers Mm -hmm. spent at least the first 10, 15 minutes of every call, she said said this was happening every day, that they would spend the first 10, 15 minutes of that call talking about their family and their children you know being home yeah. with the kids so as a as a woman who is single childless and over 40s she's sitting there listening with no ways of contributing to this conversation and on this particular day she started to feel down because she realized yeah. for years this has been going on at at work meetings you know when you're in the office there's this water cooler talk about family and the kids growing up so what happens right to the, you know in the life of the mother or the woman who does not have that experience? How does she contribute to those conversations? Or do we even save space for her where she feels comfortable talking about her dog or talking about the fact that she desires kids? Or do we meet her remarks with statements like, oh, you don't want to have kids? Or uh, this is one I think that is really popular. We'll say, oh, you can go have my kids for the weekend, or I'll drop my son off and you can watch him. That's nice. It's beautiful. Right. <laughs> I love to spend I'd love to spend t- time with your kids, but that's not my own child. That does not negate the fact that I have the desire to have my own children. So, this is Ooh, a no. very good discussion. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this because I love having different input and different perspectives, and I just think it's it raises awareness and it causes us to think twice before we say uh-huh. things, you know, how we operate around our friends who may be single and how we look out for one another, you know, how we check right. on each other during this time, you know, who's who, cause we do it in our family. Like, you know, I'll go out, then I'll come home and my husband will go out, you know, and pick up items so we can take turns, you know, for the, for the sake of safety. But if you're single, yeah. how does, who, who helps you out? You've actually had that experience. So how have you been navigating being single during the pandemic?
1: Well, you know what I've been doing. Um, Okay, so you know that I went um, through relationship counseling, right, Mm -hmm. Um, with Dr. G, and just to learn more about myself um, so that I am more aware of who and what I want and for guys I need to attract because my thing was I kept attracting the wrong guy and I kept um, attracting the guys who were just wrong, plain old wrong for me. So I just went went through that so that I could learn more about myself, um, personality type, dealing with dates and things of that nature. So um, how I've been finagling my singlehood is uh, one of the things that Dr. G said was Embrace your singlehood. So what I've been doing is uh, tapping into other skill sets of mine um, mm. so that I could possibly draw in different uh, streams of income. I'm not twiddling mm-hmm. my thumbs. I'm not worrying about, I am, tap- I'm like another student. I'm, I'm in school all over again because I'm tapping into another entity that I have no experience in. However, I see that it is a need, and I am able to help solve the need within the community. So I've been tapping into other skill sets and honing that craft so that I could implement it efficiently. So Mm -hmm. that's what I've been doing. I'm I'm maximizing my time with learning new skill sets.
0: That's a good one. Yeah, that does. That's actually very good. So we're going to go ahead and bring in our featured guest for today. She is someone who is living and breathing this life as a single childless woman over 40. And she has a very intriguing blog that she has on social media that um, challenges the way that we operate and our thought process. And, and right. it actually causes you to look inward in how you treat people and ask yourself, are you leaving space? for people who are single, childless, and over 40. So, Marie,
2: we're so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and to hear you say those things about how...
1: I was late with my applause.
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, Thank (laughs) you so much. To hear you say those things about... I'm most active, I think, on Instagram. But to mm-hmm. hear that that helps you look at your perspective differently, wow. Mm-hmm. that
0: Yes, it that does. means a
2: lot to me. That means a because lot. Because I
0: think it's those subtle instances where we just, because, of course, most of us, we tend to focus on our perspective. We see life through our lens. And, if, and, and mm-hmm. it's difficult, one, if you have not experienced Something.
1: Exactly. It's, it's hard exactly.
0: to imagine what that life is, and then also we become so consumed with our own lives that we tend to lose focus of the people surrounding us, and we may think it's not important when actually it is. So, right. your, your blog is extremely eye-opening.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so well, much. Tell us and about I, your journey. Yeah. Um, so I'm over forty. Um, and I did not plan on being here I did not plan on being single and childless over 40 and I want to acknowledge that my experience is different than like you had said child free people who choose not to have children and are single Mm -hmm. some people also choose to be single and Mm -hmm. they, they have a very different experience but but I did not want to be here I grew up always wanting to be a mother. And so um, some, one of you was saying how you just aren't attracting the right guy. And that was basically the last 20 years of my adulthood. I just mm-hmm. never found the right guy. And uh, uh I feel like when when you say you're single at this age, people want to see a photo of you and find out what's the wrong thing, what's wrong with mm-hmm. you. That, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. so you know they want to be able to identify it. But so many people who are single, it, it's not that there's something wrong with them. It's just that's what happened. Right. You never met the right, right person. Right. And um, for me, some of that is due to. Uh, the environment I was raised in. There's some trauma in my background, and so I spend a lot of time working on myself and trying to heal those parts of myself that were um, maybe leading me to to seek out mm-hmm. men that weren't healthy for me. But um, mm-hmm. even with that work, sometimes you just don't meet the person, and mm-hmm. that that is that's the reality. And so um, I was. 37 or 38 when my last relationship ended and I could see the, my diminishing uh, fertility window and it was terrifying. It was absolutely oh. terrifying and I, I thought to myself I need to know that there's another path. I need to be able to say there is another pathway I can take to find happiness for the next 40 to 50 years of my life. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? And this, uh, my Instagram, my social media—that that's part of finding this—is um, mm-hmm. trying to change a lot of the shame that I feel about where I am and find mm. find my value and make a difference in the uh-huh. world, even though I don't have a traditional path. Mm-hmm. hmm
0: That's interesting. I love the way you frame that because it actually speaks to, to the reality that for many, both men and women, singlehood becomes a lifestyle because as we know mm-hmm. statistically, there just aren't enough men and women for all of us to be in a relationship or at least a monogamous relationship at the same mm-hmm. time. So at some point, there mm-hmm. will always be single people. So did you come to this resolve that Singlehood may very well, because Shanae is my co-host, and we, and she's the single one. I'm Kiara. I'm the one that's married. So Shanae and I <laughs> have actually have actually discussed because I posed the question to her: Is it? Do you believe that you may actually spend the rest of your life single? Is that something that you have considered? That singlehood may just be your lifestyle, long-term long- lifestyle.
1: Mm-mm. Oh, I'm sorry. This is from <laughs>
0: No, you can answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's actually,
0: but it's, I'm, I'm telling Marie oh, that it's a discussion that we've had before, so I'm asking it, both it of is, you, actually.
1: It is. It is. And and I said, no, I don't believe God puts the spirit of singlehood upon me. It's just that um, it's all in timing. I do believe that God is still working on who he has for me. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my that's my perspective on it. I don't think I have a spirit of singleness. Um no. I meant to be married, it's just that I have not attracted who God has for me. So that's why I went through that counseling session for four weeks. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, learn some things, uh what have you. But mm-hmm. um Marie, I'm interested to know with you, Marie, do you think uh because well let me pause, let me go back because I often reflect on my family. I have two aunts that um, are not married. One has never been married. One was married, but she's now widowed. But it's like, man, my cousins often joke, are you going to be on Robin? Mm-mm. Nope. She, she's single and unmarried by choice, though, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the older you get, the more set on your ways you are. But I'm mm-hmm. still open for love. So um, enough about me. Uh, Marie. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Marie. what do you think? Do you think um do you think you'll ever um get married or do you think you'll just be single forever? Because I think it all starts with the mindset. Yeah. And
2: I I, I like I love that question and my own understanding of my answer to that question has changed drastically over my lifetime because if you had asked me in my you know as, a teenager, my 20s, my 30s, I would have said, I believe I will find a partner and have children. Mm-hmm. And Amen. the children, the children is not it's not part of my. That's not part of my past. This in this life, it's it's just how that turned out. I don't know if I will meet somebody, um, but I do know that in order for me to be my true self. In order to Mm -hmm. be who I am when I meet somebody, I need to be Mm -hmm. okay with being single. And so a Mm -hmm. lot of this is like letting go of that shame, letting go of the blame, and and the feeling that there's something wrong with me. Oh yeah. Uh -uh. Which is why I'm single, and and owning Uh it. And you, Shanae, you had mentioned um, taking ownership of it, and. Celebrating yeah, embracing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and taking that on. And if I can find happiness in that life, I feel like that's my best chance to find somebody, if I will ever find somebody. But mm-hmm. um, I I've had a lot of um expectation that I assumed I would have children. I would mm-hmm. assumed I would become a mother. And now that that's not happening, I'm really cautious about um, setting my own self up for uh, that heartbreak again because it, it's a massive loss. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I, I do hope. I feel like I am more comfortable. I love the companionship of being in a relationship, but I do need one that's healthy.
0: Yes, definitely.
2: Yes. You actually yes. bring up a good point about... about... Go ahead, Shanae. Go ahead, here. You you
0: bring up a good point, which I think um, when you speak of that grief and that loss of that relationship or the the image that you have of that relationship, or even the loss of that companionship, because I think we all as humans desire or need, actually, I think we need companionship. Mm -hmm. So how has your Mm -hmm. family responded to that? Are you are you in an environment where everyone is always playing matchmaker? Um, is everyone looking at you, of course, like something is wrong with you? Because I think that's common. It, at, Regardless of your age, I think if you're single, people automatically assume that something is wrong with you. And after, I would say, 40, there, we're definitely, you know, in society, something has to be wrong with her. Because even when yes. I try to set up some of my single friends with guys, and of course the guys are single too, but but yet they still ask, oh, what's wrong with her? Well, what's wrong with you? Because yes. you're single as well. So how is your family? <laughs> right. how does, so how does right. your family and friends respond to what's happening?
2: Um, my family has been. I feel like I'm very lucky in my family. Um, my parents. My parents were married um, very late in life, and they got married in the '70s, and so they had faced a lot of societal. Input on their own timeline, mm-hmm. and so I think for my parents they've they have not put that pressure on me until recently <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my my siblings have been wonderful We're all my siblings and I are very close, um, mm-hmm. uh, my sister in particular she she doesn't ever say anything to me that's like there's something wrong with you or you need to meet somebody. She is perfectly fine with me. Staying in this lifestyle, or changing. Mm-hmm. She she loves me for who I am, so I'm very lucky mm-hmm. in my family. Um, That's good. Friend group has been a little challenging. Um, you know, I've had friends from college who would get married and have kids, and I'd seek out new friends who had time, and the same thing would happen. So I kind of feel like I'm on my third round of friends who are now wow. starting to get married and have kids, and so. Mm. They, That's interesting. See, I wouldn't think about
0: that because that is true. Your friend circle changes, of course, as we experience life. So I can not imagine mm-hmm. how, you know, as the group gets married and have kids, of course, their lifestyles change. So where mm-hmm. does that leave you? That's an interesting point. I love that. Okay, very good perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it,
2: it it's interesting because when... As I've seen my friends become mothers, they gain friendships. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not leaving them. I'm still supporting them through their pregnancies and their tr- their children. Um but they gain other friends who are mothers through groups that they're involved with. Um but it's it's a loss for me. Their mm-hmm. their attention is elsewhere as it needs to be. But as I've progressed these last two decades, it's just a massive die-off of social support. And it's, it's something I didn't really realize until uh, a year or so ago. I, I'm in a, um, a friendship group uh, for women who are childless, and there oh. was a lot of things I didn't realize happened to me also were happening to them, and this social... <laughs> really, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just lose all your friends. It's, it's hard because you're dealing with this grief and yet you have less support than you used to. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: That's good. So
1: what are some and- of the things that you all discuss in your group? Like how are you all managing your emotional state with this? How are you pushing through? How do you all support one another? In my,
2: my group of childless friends? Yes. Um, oh, we, it is, it is a wonderful group. It's, um, everyone is there to help and support and validate each other. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of advice giving unless you ask for it. It's a lot of gotcha. compassion, respect, understanding, and just, it's it's so healing because it's so rare to find it and you don't, it's such a slow occurrence of losing that support. You don't realize it's happened until you find yourself with mm. no one who understands. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: I think you bring up an interesting point about validating others' feelings. And a lot of times we think validation one, we frown upon validation that's external because we're taught that you don't seek validation outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to your feelings and your life's experience, experiences, validating those experiences is what heals us, especially when mm-hmm. you're grieving and you're um, feeling out of place and that you don't fit in. Sometimes validating a person's experience, experience is simply listening and, to your point, mm-hmm. not necessarily giving advice. We tend to want to Mm -hmm. give advice as soon as someone expresses a need or express expresses some type of um, lack in their life. We immediately go into advice mode, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to childlessness, because I've experienced that when it when I when I would express, oh, I really want a a baby. The person that I'm talking to will immediately tell me all the reasons that I don't want a baby. Oh, you don't need one. You should be be happy that you have free time. Be happy that you don't have, you know, to worry about a second mouth to feed. Be happy Uh that, you know, you don't have to worry about your body. And, you know, can you imagine what those kids will do to your body? You know, we immediately go into advice mode when all I want you to do is
1: validate the fact that I really want a baby. Which is what happened to one of our friends when she stated, you know, she really thought that she would have a child by now and, she ran into some you know as as women we run into different issues with our reproductive system, and so um, I can recall that day just as clear, and we all said, "Well, why don't you just adopt or or mm-hmm. why don't you think about fostering?" She was like, "Well, it's not that I can't, it's just that I thought I would have my own child naturally, and that Ryan kind of thung a little bit because i never I never looked at it from her perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah. that's why
1: I I have really, like, watched, really think about what I say before I say it because I'm like, wow, okay. And we're, you know, we didn't mean any harm. Any harm, but, right. you know, but I, I understand what she's saying, you know, no, I, I wanted it to come. I wanted my own child. It's not mm-hmm. that I can't adopt or foster. It's just that I thought about, I always thought about having my child naturally, you know, mm-hmm. and here we yeah. are oh just think about adoption or why don't you think about um uh fertility doing fertility or whatever and she was like that's a lot of money you know it's just a mm-hmm. lot and so because um the three of us had kids or had experienced, um you know having a child it was so easy for us to just come out and say that without thinking about her wanting to experience childbirth naturally
2: mm-hmm. and so,
1: um I apologize for that. And that really opened my eyes. And so from that point on, I was like, I need to be cognizant of what I say because I, I wasn't looking at it
2: from her perspective. Yeah. yeah well, and I can remember times I've said the same thing when I was younger, you know, I didn't, mm. I didn't realize I was going to be childless. And I said, well, mm. you know, what about adoption? It's, it's, I think, um, you just don't have that understanding or that perspective. You don't know and, and there is a big society throws these very supposedly easy fixes at the situation to kind of uh fix that discomfort with with the potential loss there. And mm-hmm. they're not they're not easy. They're not easy fixes. And also I sometimes wanna ask uh mothers why didn't you adopt?
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right (laughs) so why did you have your child actually why did you just adopt from the jump right I mean honestly that's the same thing that's what we're telling the woman who hasn't had that experience that oh it's no Mm -hmm. big deal go adopt go you know Mm -hmm. try some other alternatives so I it's definitely one of those areas that we need to be careful what we say we need to think Mm -hmm. about what we're saying and imagine ourselves in that person's shoes so it's definitely about empathy we have to you know empathize with that person that they did not have that experience and there's grief attached to experiences so not having that experience can foster grief so this has been a great chat ladies let's take a quick break And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on being single, childless, and over 40. You're tuned in to the Good Grief Girl Show here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back right after this break. the break and you're listening and we're... to the good Group
1: girl show on blog talk radio <laughs> i got it carrie i got it I yes got it. <laughs> before we went to break um we discussed a lot of different uh perspectives of being single uh childless and over 40 so great conversation here with our guest marie um I had a question before while you were talking, and I call myself, um, not trying to give away my age, I'm over 42, um, <laughs> The short-term memory is not the best, and I'm like, uh, as you were talking, and I'll say, I need to hold on to this question, but go ahead, Kier. it'll it'll go, but I'll go back to remembrance when you all start talking. We, you we actually
0: talking, before the break, we were talking about some of the pressures of childlessness and how we tend to go into advice mode when someone expresses that they desire a child. So have you explored alternative methods? Is that something you're open to or is it strictly for you, the traditional method to motherhood and that's it?
2: So I, I've looked into it a little bit enough to know that it's going to be an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, I, adopting, I would be open to adoption, but as a single woman, it's going to be very expensive. You know, I only have my income. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I had a, a, married, a friend who's married who explored adoption a couple years ago, and she said it was hard for them to meet all the checklists. You know, they didn't oh, wow. fit some of the the standards for some of the adoption agencies, and it, and it can be so incredibly expensive. It just it it just started to become harder. And mm-hmm. doing it doing it alone, without financial support from others, without the emotional support of having a partner. And I know there's challenges mm-hmm. with having a partner. You know, if you're a single parent, you get to make all the decisions, mm-hmm. but you also have to make all the decisions, so it's it's hard. And right. I don't know that I, you know, I I see my friends who are married who are struggling with parenting, and I don't honestly know how I would afford to work and pay for <laughs> childcare at the same time. It just right, you know, our yeah, our society it is definitely is a not lot set up. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. so my struggles don't necessarily include infertility although I don't know because I have mm-hmm. not I don't have a partner to you know discover that with but mm-hmm. um it's, it's yeah There it, it there's so many options
0: yeah. yeah there are a lot of options and one, one of the things that our girlfriend mentioned um when we had this discussion with her is the way that you open yourself up. You mentioned the emotional support, and one of the reasons that it becomes critical is when you go through this process, you actually open yourself up to having your entire life picked apart. Because when we decide yeah. to have kids, we just show up to the doctor and say, hey, I'm pregnant, right? And they, they give okay. us medication, you know, prenatal <laughs> medication, send us on our way. You show up, they want to do blood work, they want to look into your financial history, they want to know right. so much about your your family history, you know, so you, you're mm-hmm. opening yourself up to exposing things that most of us, when we go the traditional route, we just don't have to expose those things. So it actually yes. makes it even harder for you, because they're asking questions, I'm sure, of things that you've never considered, and things that you probably ask yourself, why is that important for me to become a mother, yeah so when you when, when, you, when you're given I've, that checklist, it's like why?
2: yeah, it really opens you up to having to justify your worth, and I know in mm-hmm. some countries, if you're over a certain weight, they won't let you adopt and like wow really why,
1: wow, wow. Yeah.
2: like to think about how that impacts your self worth on a daily basis as it is, and then to say that's a measure of how well you're going to mother somebody. is just, oh, wow. I have another
1: girlfriend who is single, Uh, actually, um, yes, she's over 40 as well, and she's looking into um, foster, being a foster parent um, because she too thought she would be married by now, uh, have had a child by now, um, and she's still holding out. For a husband She has not given up hope But she said that she still has to keep moving She has to keep mm-hmm. moving And not staying idle Waiting for Mr. Wright to find her She has to keep living And keep moving So right now she's in the process Of trying to um, move You know um, Get a new house And also go through The, um, the steps of being a foster parent because um, mm-hmm. you know she she stated that she didn't want to keep waiting for this mm-hmm. right. She said she's she has to keep living her life, and this has always been a dream of hers to become a mother. And so she's um, starting with foster parenting. Yeah,
0: there yeah. The actually part, there are friends. several. We discussed the alternatives,
1: right?
2: Go
0: ahead. Go ahead. And some of the other alternative routes to motherhood is actually through nieces, nephews, and godparents. And, Marie, you had a very, very intriguing blog where you talked about being a godparent. And how many of us who become parents ask our single childless friends to be a godparent to our kids? So you you Mm -hmm. talked about how that even can become a moment of outcasting because you have friends who keep having babies and it's like you're waving your hand, like, hello, so no one's going to ask me to be a godparent.
2: Tell us a little more about that experience. Yeah, that that has been quite painful. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's become more painful the older I've gotten. So I have helped many very close friends through, you know, meeting their partner, getting married, getting pregnant. And I've been part of, I, I love, helping with babies. I love holding babies. It's just something I've always just had this real affinity for but I've never been asked to be a godparent and it wasn't something that I thought about really until the last couple years when I was like all of my very close friends have had their children and my uh, the, the siblings I have who have had kids haven't asked me and so it's this sense of why haven't they asked me? And also you don't want to ask them because what Mm -hmm. are they going to say? And how hard is that going to be to hear? Mm. So, and at this point, I'm, I'm not pursuing a lot of friendships with women who will soon be pregnant. It's too painful for me at this point in my grief. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping to get to a place where I will be able to have friendships with people who are having babies right now, but, because of that, it feels like I don't have the opportunity anymore because my friends' kids and my nieces and nephews, are they're here and they're not having any more kids. So it's this, this arena that's a possible way to be kind of honored for your connection and your relationship with these children and um, to not have been chosen for that. It feels like... I wasn't chosen by a man. I wasn't chosen to be a godparent. It can feel very mm. invisible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing. I I actually we have I've single life. Right. Isn't when she, when I read it, I'm like, "Oh my god. Now we have single my son has a single godmother and a godfather. However, that decision was very intentional for my husband and I, and it's because both of those people have experienced child loss. So we intentionally Mm -hmm. selected them because, one, we've experienced child loss, so we know the emptiness that they may be feeling. So this was Mm -hmm. our way of including them in our journey. So it was very intentional for me, for someone who has had that experience. I imagine for the mother who has not had that, Experience, she may not even be thinking that, oh, I should include mm-hmm. my single friends, because I think most of us, especially if you're married, you tend to think that your godparents need to be married, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. But to your point, if you help them through this journey of selecting a maid and getting pregnant, I can't I can't imagine no one thinking, oh, she would make a great godparent.
2: So it would be interesting to hear the other
0: side of that story, to hear why Mm -hmm. they may not be making that selection. Are they afraid? Is it that they think it may make you feel uncomfortable? I would love Mm. to know that thought process of of selecting a godparent.
1: Have you ever had the conversation with them just on a conversational basis about godparenting your perspective. And stands on it. Have you
2: had that ever come up with any of your friends um, who have I children? Have, I haven't. Um, and right now, it's it's too hard, It's too painful of a subject for me to bring up right now. I I feel mm-hmm. like I would bring it up and fall apart into a pool of tears. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But when when they were when these children were all born. You know, it was in my mid twenties to early thirties, so I wasn't—I didn't consider myself childless. So at that mm-hmm. point, it wasn't—I di- i wasn't identifying as somebody who will never have children. And I don't—I don't, I don't want to put this on them and blame them at all because mm-hmm. I don't think they—they they didn't see me as someone who will never have children either. Um, but I—I I think one. One approach that I would love to see is choosing to invite multiple godparents. A child doesn't need mm-hmm. to just have one set; they can have many. And I think it's best for the right. kids to have that It quantity.
0: is. I agree. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Right. Shanae, how did you right. do your godparent selection process? or or are you a godparent to
1: other kids? I'm I'm a godparent. My son doesn't have any godparents, but I am a godparent. Um and her selection was based upon um our friendship. You mm-hmm. know, um she just went off the friendship and how she viewed me and uh should something happen to her, she knew I would Um, be responsible and dependable to step in and help when needed. Mm -hmm. She thought future. You know, know, most times when people, sometimes, I shouldn't say most times, sometimes when people choose godparents, it's for different reasons, but she was looking for long-term future type of things. Should something happen Mm -hmm. to her, who could she have in her child's life that would do right by him Uh, and be dependable and responsible and and step into the role as a motherly figure um, Mm. so that he doesn't have any gaps with not feeling loved or feeling abandoned. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's interesting how our age affects our um perspective because I, I I attribute a lot of my perspective on motherhood to my age because I became a mother later in life. So by mm-hmm. selection my selection process of a godparent was totally different than what I imagined it to be when I was younger. As an older parent, I was very intentional about creating a community for my son. So I I don't even think I, at least not me personally, my husband may have thought about it, but I didn't think about um, later in life or if something should happen to me who would take care of him. Really? I was, I did not. I was focused on now, like what kind of village could I create for him? And I, and that's what I did. Or at least that's what I tried to do. And to Marie's point, I actually wish I would have selected more godparents.
2: Because yeah. I mean, I
0: have friends, but we have we have two sets of godparents, and I I probably would have went a little further had I not felt like it would have been so untraditional. Because when I was mm. growing up, like in church, like you had to be pregnant. I mean, you had to be married you know, like they would sit down one person if they wasn't married, like only the women can, it was just so many rules.
1: So I had this, right.
0: yeah. So I had this, this picture of what it should be. And I, and I even in that made my own selection, but I was like, okay, so I can't have like 10, 15 godparents. Cause that's, you know that's not traditional, or that's not the quote unquote "way to do it." but I now that I'm you know in the midst of this conversation, I actually wish that I would have selected more, but I was definitely trying to create a village, a, a current village for my son.:
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He indeed has one.
0: Huh? Yes, he does. Because so. you, you realize that that is necessary. You understand the, right. the, the the twofold blessing for not just him, but for all the people's lives that he's in. Because I, I, I believe that. I don't for one second think that his birth was just for me or my husband or our family. I think I was meant to share him. And because I have that view, it's like, okay, I need to create this village of people who will not just bless him but will be blessed by him so that's what I've tried to create oh, that's so
2: yeah. Beautiful. Makes yeah makes sense
0: <laughs> yeah so let's take one more break ladies and when we come back we'll wrap up this discussion on being single childless over 40 we are enjoying our discussion with Marie who is joined with us here on the Good Grief Girl show On Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back right after this break. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: ladies and gentlemen
0: Shanae Gilbert refuses to enjoy the break (laughs) in the song girl you always want to speak over the breakdown I love that part of the song okay so go ahead
2: (laughs) (laughs) hey 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 we're back
1: and you're listening to the Good Grease Girls show on blog talk radio Uh, we have uh, we Mimi here and I have had a I mean, very insightful guest on this evening. Marie, uh, I can't thank you enough. You've you've made me more aware, more cognizant, um, which is good because sometimes we get caught up in our own world so we don't really think about um, other people's perspective when different topics come up. And so this is good. I've been practicing it, but this is just more confirmation that I need to be, um, aware. I need to be in the moment. I need to be present and, um, recognize or just take a step back to honor what the person is going through and listen. Mm
2: -hmm. I, I, I
1: do, I do listen, but I need to listen more, you know? And so thank you for sharing your story and continue to share your story because know that you're not alone.
2: Just mm-hmm. not,
1: know that you are Thank not you. alone and, and that there is, you do have a village, and I'm glad you have attached yourself to a group of uh, women who um, are going through the same things, and you all validate one another. You're there for one another. You uplift one another. And so continue to do what you do. Um, if it's okay, out, um, and outside of this broadcast, I want to um, – give you a few numbers as well of people you may want to consult with to help you push through what you're experiencing because I'm here to uplift wherever I can and I, I accept it as well. I, I would hope that someone wants to step in and uplift me
2: in areas where needed. So just know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. It, it can feel very isolating and lonely and Pregnancy announcements come up all the time, and you just feel like yeah. everyone else yeah. is moving along, yeah. and you're not. So, thank you. I very um, much appreciate is that. This,
1: is this friendship community? Is it on Facebook or is it on IG? Do you mind
2: sharing it if you can? Oh, absolutely. It it's on its uh it's on its own platform. I guess it's called um, Gateway Women. Gateway Women, okay. Gateway Women, and it's. International, based in the UK, and um, the woman who founded it, her name is Jody Day, and she wrote just an incredible book that I've been help. It's been helping me kind of learn and process and heal mm-hmm. through the grief. Okay, and her book is called Living the Life Unexpected.
0: Mm, that's a good one. We're
2: definitely going to look up those resources
0: so that we can share with our community. You talked about the isolation, and um, I think there's not only isolation because you have not or you can't interject into those experiences. But I also think that we create isolation because we make it uncomfortable for you to actually express how you're feeling. And we spoke about this, we brought it up on in our last broadcast, where we talked about disenfranchised grief. And it's It's heavy in the child loss and miscarriage and um, Mm -hmm. infant loss community where we try to minimize people's experiences because they don't equate to what we think should be a valid loss. So for yes. the infant loss community it's if your baby is stillborn or if it's a miscarriage then when it when we discuss miscarriages it it becomes is it during week 30 or is it during week 7 so that so we want, right. to, invalid, we want to invalidate people's experiences by saying oh that's not enough for you to be grieving mm. so so you have this stigma That's placed on you, and then we create this space where you can't even share that I'm sad, or I'm grieving, or I'm angry, I'm disappointed. You can't openly express those feelings because we've led you to believe, or or we're leading society to believe, that your feelings Uh aren't important. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> all of that yeah so <laughs> and, and I've
2: even had friends when I've told them um uh, how frustrated I am with dating and just not meeting the right guy um yep they say there. well don't don't get bitter don't get angry see. it's this morning <laughs> and it's like why shouldn't I be bitter I should be uh-huh. bitter and angry and it's it's when you acknowledge that and validate it that those feelings actually kind of find a home and they're yeah. recognized and they can go and they can process through. Yeah. But it's when those feelings yeah. aren't acknowledged that they continue to, to, you know, speak up for recognition. And it's, mm-hmm. oof, it is yeah. hard as a 40-something-year-old woman to be told don't get angry, don't get bitter because there's a lot <laughs> To be, to be bitter about, right? To be bitter about in this world. <laughs> right. Yes, I want someone
1: to come take out my trash, right? You should be bitter yeah. about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, I think the, our society doesn't do grief very well, and it, it's one of the reasons I love your podcast so much is you guys are highlighting this thing that we don't do well and mm-hmm. this discomfort with this loss. And, you know, sometimes people just need you to sit with them and say, this, this sucks.
0: Yes. And that's
2: it. I think,
0: I think that that's very important. It it should stop there. Hard stop. This sucks. Oh, let's hug. Do we need to hug? Cry it out. That's it. It just, today, today, that's what I want to express that it sucks. Understanding that tomorrow I might want to express something different but giving, mm-hmm. giving space for you to feel right. the way that you feel. Actually, tell us, how can our listeners show more empathy?
2: Oh, I, today I heard someone say we all just want compassion and respect, respect and compassion. Mm-hmm. And I think if you come across someone who's childless or, or isn't speaking up about having children, Remember, they're human and there may be some pain inside that they're dealing with and it's not your job to fix it, but be compassionate.
0: Yeah. I like
2: that. It's, yes, the part
0: about it's not our job to fix, it. I don't know why we want to fix everyone. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of wanting to fix everyone. I can't admit that. I
2: think we've
0: all um, done it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the I'm the queen of finding a better way. Whatever you tell me, I'm like, "Okay, I can find a better way." I I'm I'm guilty of that. But I think you bring up a very good point of not feeling that we need to fix it or even admitting that you're not broken. Because if I Mm -hmm. try to fix something that implies that you're broken, you're not broken. You're just just on this journey, and this is a part of your journey. It doesn't need to be fixed. I need to help you get through it. I need to hold your hand while you walk through it. I need to give you a shoulder to cry on. I need to be an active listener during your journey. So that's it. I don't need to fix anything. I just need to 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 be beside you as you take this journey, understanding that sometimes I may need to lift you throughout this journey. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to be yes. a partner for you throughout this journey. That's what the community is for.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. To help help carry that burden. And it's the yes. same as any right. other grief. You just need someone to help you carry it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. This has been a great
0: discussion. I'm so happy that you joined us. Before you leave, Yay. I need you. I need you to identify for us one myth. I have. I have one that I think that I would say, but of course, we want to hear from you. What do you think is one myth about people that are women
2: that are single, childless, and over forty? That they're weird. You know, they're oh. smelly. They're weird. They don't socialize well. It's this. Kind of crazy cat lady myth, you know?
0: Uh huh. Yeah, we've and heard that. Everyone, everyone. Right today.
2: I've heard everyone. About the that starts out child and, childless and single. We're all born single. We're all born childless. hmm. And somehow, if you don't change, you just become the weird one.
0: Yeah. Um, and you're not broken. Yes. I, I think if we could get mm-hmm. anything across to our community is to not frown upon this part of the journey because, of course, we all have our different struggles through life. We have our different plans that did not come to fruition, but that doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. That's just your individual journey. So I think it's it's important for us to embrace our women who are single and childless and over 40 and give them space to feel comfortable where they can be themselves and they can express their highs and lows and even if you come back tomorrow and you're excited about life and you're joyous don't don't interject in that moment and be like oh see so you don't need kids oh see you don't need a man no oh, I'm just God. happy to- yeah. Yeah. that's just a part <laughs> again that's just a part of my journey <laughs> right mm-hmm. so if you do too good <laughs> yeah. if you're doing too well then you'll have people to say oh you don't need a man right right that's the right. flip side of that. So it's like we're never happy, right? You can't
2: right? win. <laughs> you <Yep>. can't win.
0: <laughs> you're ha- you're it's bad if you have them. If you're doing well, if you're if you're doing well it's bad if you're not. It's like, "Oh, something is wrong with you."
1: Yeah. So this yep. has been an yep. excellent excellent suggestion. <laughs> Any
2: final words? Yep. Oh, thank you so much. I have had so much fun and I am so grateful for you for making this space for women who are childless and single. It's just I ugh, I, I can't express how my gratitude enough at you mm-hmm. for for making this space. So, thank you. Thank you for you know, joining awesome. us. We have
0: enjoyed you. this Definitely. conversation. You've been very yes. insightful. You've shared your perspective that I'm sure will add perspective for not just us but our listeners so we definitely thank you for joining us and sharing your life with
1: us we appreciate it
2: right thank you so much Uh, listeners be sure
1: to follow us on social media please join our facebook group good grief girl and subscribe to our good grief girl youtube channel and on instagram we are good grief underscore girl
0: Thank you for joining us. You've been tuned in to the Good Grief Girls Show here on Blog Talk Radio, and we'll see you next Monday evening at 6 p.m. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night.
1: Woo-hoo!